When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Never made it as a wise man I couldn't cut it as a poor man stealing Tired of living like a blind man I'm sick of You're listening to Puck and Roll And this is how you remind me This is how Hello, and welcome back to the Puck and Roll podcast. In this episode, we are going to focus specifically on draft-eligible players. And we have a few names written down. I'm sure we're going to go off script a decent amount because we don't really have a script apart from a collection of a few names. And apart from the the Justin Barron goal that just happened in the Habs game versus the Islanders, tied up in the third period, uh, which I have on, on the side right now, um, we are going to focus on some of the, I guess, interesting cases, case studies in this draft class, uh, including one of our personal favorites on this podcast that we've yet to mention because he's been a late bloomer as one of our personal favorites. And that is the player with arguably the coolest name in the entire draft class. If Josh, you want to introduce him yourself. Oh, I'm manic for him. It's Matthew. Mania. He's fun, isn't he? Oh, it's- uh, yeah. yeah. And before we jump in on Matthew Mania, just need to say I'm joined by Joshua Rose and Aaron Idovich for this episode. I got a bit ahead of myself because Mania's name is so cool. Oh. Uh, but yeah, so Matthew Mania, uh, you guys go ahead and I'll I'll add my piece at the end. His name is his own nickname. It's insane. Like Matthew Mania. It's yeah. it's perfect. Like I can't remember the last time I was this excited for a hockey name and it just makes me want to see him succeed. I hope it hasn't colored my viewings of him too much, but like, he's not a guaranteed anything. He skates well. He is composed with the puck from what I've seen and he can provide some offensive uh, upside from what I remember and I just really hope that he works. It, he's second round for me, probably. I don't see him being quite there to be a first round prospect, but like mid second, he'd be definitely worth taking a flyer on, in my opinion. I I was so surprised when you sent me the instat email. I saw Matthew Mania twenty five thirty one time on ice. I'm like. Mm-hmm what who is this guy why is he playing 25 minutes i i later found out he plays like 17 18 19 on a normal night yeah 
his motor is so relentless that he didn't look tired after like I mean any any player looks tired in the third period but like he just he he's out there he skates he skates nicely I think he has like some mechanics to work on really just kind of powerful and like he needs to develop the power in his acceleration but once he's going he's going and he just looks like he's having so much fun out there great name and I I have him in like my one tier outside of my first round which it's mostly because I haven't watched enough of him or enough of the other players outside of there but I just had so much fun watching him I, I, I like him a lot. Uh, he's currently my favorite OHL defenseman. Uh, sorry, sec, sec. I still have Bruce Devitz ahead of him. Um, but yeah, so I, I have Bruce Davids, like at around 42. And I have Maney at 49. Bo Aki at 52. And Oliver Bonk at 54. And Cam Allen at 55. So it's kind of like a big jumble of OHL defensemen in that 40 to 60 range. Uh, but Mania, the name is so fitting too because he plays such a chaotic style. Like he, he, he's really he creates a ton of offense. He plays with tremendous risk. And a lot of Christian Cairo from going for twenty twenty one. I I can see that. I don't think the same offensive upside is there, but I prefer his defensive game and his skating. Uh, I, I, I like his I, I, I like his uh, projection better. Like. I can projection, I think, colors. yes, it, 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 he has a more cohesive style, I think, than than Kyrie did last season. Um, I fully agree with your analysis on the skating specifically. He's very fluid, but he lacks explosiveness, which is mainly evident when he goes for cutbacks, which he does quite a bit, and he just loses all momentum when he goes for one and has to like reaccelerate out of it, which makes them fairly ineffective as as a way to create separation from, from four checkers. But he, the thing that stood the most to me is just how, um, how composed he is in possession. Uh, he seems to make the right decision, even when he's being pressured by multiple opponents. Uh, and yeah, he's, he's, he's really fun. I, I, I like him a lot. He could definitely rise into my, I, I, to around 40 on my board, I think. Um, and yeah, I'm, I, I, I've enjoyed every minute I've watched him play. So he, he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on for the rest of the season. Uh, his production's definitely been spiking with Sudbury's resurgence in the OHL, uh, which has been, been the, the case for basically everyone on Sudbury, including Quentin Musty and Cocodelic, who who's fun. I, I like Cocodelic a lot as a D plus one, um, who I, I really do hope gets, gets picked this year. Uh, he, he's, he's good. I like him. Um, and another guy that we can talk about and, uh, Josh, I know that, that, that you've watched him is Adar Suniev, who in my opinion is better than Bradley Nadeau. If we're talking about players on the Penticton, Penticton V's in the BCHL, I, I, I do like Suniev quite a bit more, uh, in terms of upside and just interest. Like N- Nadeau is, uh, he, he generates Entries quite well. He's a decent playmaker. He's a decent goal scorer. He's a decent skater. Nothing really stands out to me that that makes him like a wow player. And especially playing in the BCHL, I want to see players stand out. Like obviously, all these guys are putting up ridiculous point totals because it's the BCHL. 
but in terms of toolkit, nothing is is fantastic. He's very smart. I don't know if that is a separating, I guess, tool uh, compared to to better leagues like in the NCAA, for instance. And Adar Suniev, who is a rare Russian playing in the BCHL, which is not exactly a mold of a player you see very often, uh, who is not a good skater. Like, he's, he's a pretty rough skater, actually. But he's really smart. He has a great shot. He has a lot of really interesting things. And I think the upside there is really intriguing. Uh, so, Josh, tell me what, what you think about Adar Suniev. Yeah, I really liked him from what I saw of a couple games with him there. It, the one thing that I kept kind of thinking back on was that the, he feels very relentless on the ice. Like, he's just going. He is involved. He, he's a good four-checker, even though he can't skate too well. He always goes to the middle. He's great at finding spots and is great for energy. Like, he's just... <clears throat> again all over the ice he's a lot of fun to watch he's decent I thought he was good in the defensive zone from what I watched he's I like he's can be a really good like that bottom six defensive energy guy Um, not sure if I could see too much more of that but he can he has the potential to be one of those like fan favorite guys that just gets everyone going because he's just so much fun to watch and competes like nothing else really yeah for sure i i i definitely agree i think he definitely has some sort of top six upside uh it's it's a bit of a long shot uh but he he's a great puck protector he's so tenacious he's really smart off puck in the offensive zone um, always in a good, good position. He changes the angle on his passes and shots to, to better access dangerous lanes. Um, his crossovers are weirdly fluid compared to the, like his actual forward strike mechanics, which are like the choppiest I've seen in the entire draft class. Like he really lacks agility, um, which is the thing that he really needs to work on. But there's enough there where, especially if you're taking a swing in like the third, fourth, fifth round, you could do a ton worse than Adar Suniev. Like he, he, he's fun. He might not be anything, but he is fun, and I like fun. Uh, he currently on my board. He sits at. I'm gonna have to check this. I know. I know he's somewhere in my forties. Um, yes, he is. Where the hell is he on my board? Why can't I not find this guy? Oh yeah, there he is. Forty three. He's higher than I thought. Nice. Uh, yeah. So forty three on my board. Um, same tier as guys that we we're just talking about in Matthew Mania and uh and Hunter Bruce Davis, but he's I, I like him. And Aaron, I'll send you some, some game tape so you can check him out as, as well because he is he is fun. Um and speaking of another like me, I don't know if fun is the word, but funny case study in in, in this year is Daniil Boot, who has a wicked shot is pretty smart with his offensive zone movements and is just the wackiest player. His skating is awful. Uh, the motor is often non-existent, but the handling skill is quite good. Flashes some interesting deception uh, in his passing game. 
I, he's he's been growing on me. I, I, my first viewing, I was overly harsh on him. Um, it wasn't a big enough sample to be as harsh as I was. And uh, and and our friend Jordan Harris, the scout, not the player, um, kept telling me like, you know, he's he, he's he's not as bad as you think. And I'm like, okay, fine, I'll 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 I'll, I'll watch some more. And he's right. I I was I was over exaggerating. And yeah, Daniil Boot is again really good shot and and he's gonna probably go a lot higher than i'm that even i'm gonna be comfortable picking him um even with the, a few better viewings now under my under my belt but uh i mean i, I know a guy like cory pronman has him inside his top 10 which i don't understand personally uh in terms of upside or certainty or really anything um however I watched a KHL game of him against uh, HK Sochi uh, for uh, just in the last few days. And yes, the skating is an issue. No doubt about it. But I don't know. His, apart from scanning habits and processing speed and those things that also need improvement because he's a very flawed player, there is a, a very interesting foundation for middle six goal scorer. He can definitely be a, a trigger man on a power play. He's he's a weird, weird case study. But what do you guys think of Daniil Boots? I, I, I know you both watched a little bit. For one, this episode is going to be going out on his 18th birthday. So happy birthday, Daniil. Happy birthday, Daniil. Oh, look, when you have a guy that's six foot five and 203 pounds, <laughs> kind of better have a good shot. But yes, so if you guys know me well, you know that I had my pet project in 2022, Kirill Dolzhenkov, who was yes, like you did. six seven, two thirty, good shot, good puck protection, brutal skating. Like he he's the giraffe. That for was my a guy that's six foot seven. His skating wasn't that bad, but for a hockey player, it really was. I think Danil Boots is a worse skater than Kirill Dolzhenkov. I would disagree there. Because, look, at least Dolzhenkov um, had the motor. Dolzhenkov would fall over in a gust of wind. Uh, Daniil yeah, Boot at least seven. Yeah, exactly. But like, we gotta, like if look, we're comparing I, I them as Daniil Boots recently either, so I am I am a little impartial. But like, he was one of the worst skaters I had. Oh, ever seen. oh no, I I I have him down as a. 2.5 or 3 grade as a skater on 10. But the shot is not great. Beautiful. The shot's great. No, like really good shooting mechanics. Um gets really impressive power behind his shot. Because he like flashes when you have that type of power with that type of accuracy. Yeah. He, like he's going to be at an all-star game one day because of that. And he, even even with his skating like it's so funny because his mechanics are just so deeply flawed. Like really, really poor mechanical skater. However, because he has so much power in his lower body, he propels himself forward at a pretty impressive pace. And when he can use crossovers to get some more acceleration going, he's pretty fast. Um, but yeah, so basically, he's, he's, he's Yuri Slavkovsky. Daniil Boot is I, I do I do, that, right? I do I do in my in my most recent viewing I did compare his ability to get pucks from the board to the middle to Slavkovsky. I did make that comparison. 
<laughs> Slavkovsky is if is if Daniil Boot were really, 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 really good at hockey. Um, and but yeah, like like Boot's gonna probably go in the first round because he's huge. But I don't know. He he he's a weird case to me because certain aspects of his game I really love, and others frustrate me to no end. And that as a whole makes him kind of humorous as a prospect this year. And he does have the I, elite skill. The one, yes. Yeah. yeah. And look, his handling ability is pretty decent. Um, he's an awful backwards skater. Like his backwards skating makes his forward skating look lovely. Um, but but yeah, like he he's he's a player that if you can turn him into like an Arthur Kaliev, that is possible which is interesting as like a pure trigger man maybe playing 13 minutes at night and half of those on the power play i mean not not half like a like a healthy chunk of that is on the power play like if you use him at on the fourth line at five on five and then you just put him on the power play i I can see that like he's also a a good net front presence if you don't want him or if you want him like switching between a trigger man role and a net front you can do that um yeah he he he's an interesting player i have him I probably wouldn't touch him in the second round, uh, but in the third or fourth, he won't be available, but I'd be interested if he was like, if there's a development staff willing to take the time to turn him into that type of player, he could become something. But my sentiment is there's 32 development staffs that think they can turn him into that type of player because NHL teams love guys. that are six foot five and 203 pounds. It's probably their favorite. Like, and he looks it like he's just so gangly and weird when he's yeah. skating. It just makes me laugh every like watching his game. I'm just laughing the whole time. Like he's, he the, looks he's the kid that hit puberty amazing. 11 years old. But just like made <laughs> like that. Like yeah, he's he is huge. He's huge, but the skating is such like it's just so weird and bad that I don't. That isn't like other bad skaters because yeah, a lot it's of bad unique. skaters have at least something that like can be improved on. Like t- I can't even think of a really bad skater, but all of them have some sort of mechanic that's like okay that you can improve on, you can build on. There's Bo- Bo- no boots crossovers thing. like are are better than his forward stride, kind of like Suniev. But I, I just I I don't see how that skating can turn NHL caliber. I don't see exactly. him exactly. It doesn't yeah. need to though, right? Like I think I think that that's a big thing with Boot is it doesn't need to reach that level for him to be to have an identity as a player. And I think that that that's where it becomes a bit more interesting to me. Uh, but let's let's move from a six foot four Russian with awful skating to a six foot four Russian with beautiful skating. And Dmitry Simashev. Uh, Aaron, take it away. I know he's oh my god, oh, it came out of nowhere. He yep. wasn't ranked on my first rankings, and now he is officially, as of two days ago when I watched ASP and Simashev back to back, he's my top ranked defenseman in the class because he's perfect, like, he's exactly what every NHL team wants. He's being slept on so hard because he's six foot four, 201 pounds. He's a beautiful skater, great mind. His offense, I see why people are underwhelmed with one, the point totals, but 
I've been really impressed with his, not his creativity, just the way that he drives forward. Like he, every, he draws pressure in very, very well. Yeah, exactly. And then, All of his game is directed in the right way. Like he generates momentum really well. Driven. Yeah. He makes his teammates better all the time when he's I on agree. the ice. So even if the points aren't there, he's pretty good offensively to the point where I think he could be like a 30, 40, 45 point guy in the NHL. But his defense is fantastic. Like it is, yeah. There's nothing passive about his game. He's always on it. He's always moving. And his positioning is fantastic. Yeah, I, I also watched a game of his versus uh, Sochi in the KHL. This is a game from back in November. Um, but I was so impressed. Just like his combination of mobility and and defensive habits. Like he sticks to to for, to, 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 to puck carriers like glue. And he can follow them around everywhere in the offensive zone. He is he he's so confident, and and that's one of the things the things I'm most impressed with because in this game in the KHL he only played six minutes and twenty five seconds. Whenever he was on the ice, he was commanding around his teammates, like he was like giving directions vocally, and yeah, uh, he he closes his gaps so quickly, so like he plays a suffocating brand of transition defense. If you're talking about a cool name. Dmitry Simashev really rolls off the tongue. It does. He, yeah, I, I'm I'm very close to 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 bumping up, to bumping him up ahead of of Sandin Palika as well. Yeah. Like those two for me have really set themselves apart from the rest of the class of defensemen. Like I think Gulyayev might be the third, but but the top two for me is without a doubt Simashev and uh, and ASP. I know some people have Reinbacher in that mix as well, but I Reinbacher is like for me right, right in that thirty range. Uh, we've, we've talked about him previously on the podcast, I'm sure. Uh, he's safe. He's not going to be a first pairing guy. I don't see that upside with him. I I know a few public scouts think that that Reinbacher has the highest ceiling of any defenseman in the class. I'm gonna have to like ask them about that because I don't see that at all, and I want to kind of see what makes them think that. Um, because in my like five viewings of Reinbacher, I haven't seen any of that. Whereas with Simashev, if you told me he's going to be by far the best defenseman of the class, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I get, yeah, I can see that. I'm sure. willing to take that bet. I mean, Easy. I'm ranking him seventh overall. I'm willing to take that bet right now. Yeah, I, I mean, I bumped it up to twelve, um, but seven to twelve is a pretty high tier for me. Just, just like three to sixes. Um, so. Yeah, I, I think Simashev, ASP, and Will Smith and Jaden Perron are the only guys that could actually bump up into that three to six maybe tier. into that three to six tier. Maybe, maybe. I, I feel like there's such a separation but between it is, Stahl right? It's like it's like Smith. would I take Crystal or Simashev? And I'm like, I'll take Crystal. Would I take Crystal or Smith? I'm taking Crystal, right? Like I I and it's even like a thing of like. Crystal or Mitchkov or Crystal or Carlson or Crystal or Benson, where it's like, put put those four guys in the blender. Not, not like in terms of not not people, yeah. obviously. I don't want to like kill them, but like 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 their names in my rankings in a blender. Like they're definitely and whatever way it spits out, it's gonna work for me. Like for like me? like yeah, and it's kind of the same thing for, for my for my seven to twelve tier, where it's like, could I could I rationalize Simishev at seven? Yes, I I I I, I totally could. Could I also rationalize him at 12 where I currently have him? Obviously. And 
it's 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 a fun draft for that reason because you're, you're gonna see players available late later than they should be just because they're so tight in so many rankings like and I you're gonna see a player in fantasy yeah like, like you're going to see a player that even on bob mckenzie's list is ranked like 15th overall fall in the second round just because he's always the second best option whenever a team picks uh but yeah and it's that's it's, gonna be like Gavin a really interesting class jane and Perron. Yeah. Oh, th- th- those two guys, I wouldn't be shocked at all if they fell to like the the 20s. And then for Perron, I wouldn't be shocked if he was available at 40. Um, but I, th- I think I think Brindley's big production now in the last in the last like uh, two three weeks, he's really is really going to help him. Basically, I mean, look, he he put up what 15 points in nine games or eight games. Eight games. Um, yeah, seven goals, 15 points in eight games. Not bad. Like, like he he, he, he went from like he makes Fantilli look better. Yes, because Brindley is excellent, and there's a reason I have him at eighth overall. I love, I love Gavin Brindley. He's great. I, I, I yeah, I, I still have him as my top American. Um, though it's really yeah, close with Will Smith and Leonard. I was about to say, like, yeah, Fantilli's gonna, yeah, come on, like, yeah, obviously, uh, not gonna have him over Fantilli, but Gavin Brindley's a ton of fun. Uh, just pure intensity pure he's a great playmaker too uh and he plays pretty similarly to timur mukhanov uh who i know is another favorite of yours aaron um if, if you also want to give a quick little piece on, on mukhanov. Uh, i think we should really just kind of keep the episode going honestly oh no actually, that that sounds kind of weird because like you already led up to it yeah with with mukhanov it's just like he does everything really well to the point where it's hard to find the elite aspects in his game because, like, he doesn't do anything badly enough to make it obvious. And also, a guy who's 5'8", there's obvious question marks, but he's, out of all of them, like, out of Whitelaw, out of Perron, even out of Crystal, I'm the most confident he'll make the NHL and have a meaningful role because he's the really guy that can be he's Russian forward. Like, I, I, I do think that that like his nationality plays a factor in the likelihood of him making the NHL. But yeah, I, I'm sure we're going to like really delve into his game in a future episode. Yeah. And uh, for now, we're, we're, we're going to go into our ad break. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This time of year, everyone's talking about making big changes, which is all well and good, but most of the time, pretty unrealistic. I've actually found that the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact. In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be part of a big change if it's something you use every day, like my Raycons. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. I like to walk to school, and I also take the bus sometimes, and I love listening to my podcast with my Raycons. I got 32, 32 thoughts, locked in NHL prospects, and of course, puck and roll going all the time. Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party, Raycon's got you covered. And yep, Raycon started half the price of other premium audio brands. 
So you don't even have to choose between products. You can get one of each or a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of the other guys. Even if you know you love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options. Every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. For me, my favorite parts of them are definitely the um, uh, earbud tap functions and the noise isolation, but really everything about them is fantastic. Ready to buy something small with a big impact? Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this year. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet of up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. I'm personally excited for the Canadians versus Canes game because the Carolina Hurricanes are amazing and I am pro-tank. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, and make your first deposit. Get a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And now let's jump into the WHL. And there's a player in that league that I know we've all watched pretty recently, and that's Nate Danielson. So, Josh, I know, I know you watched him this week. What are your takeaways on on him as a player, and how good do you think he could become? Yeah, I watched a couple of games of him, and for some reason, you had to get it out of my head because I kept getting him mixed up with Jared Davidson. Uh, Montreal <laughs> picks, and I kept hearing his name, and I've been like, "Why are people talking about this uh, fifth round pick?" And then I figured out that I just have a weird block in my brain. But yeah, uh, he's a true pure center, in my opinion. Like none of this winger center thing. He is very good, very responsible center. He's a big guy, and he can use his size appropriately but he's not overly physical he's not going to lay the body down or anything but he can protect the puck well he's good in his own zone very smart responsible and he can chip in in the offensive zone he's very quick in transition through the neutral zone he can really get moving especially for a big body and that could be hard to stop but I just don't think I didn't see much when I was watching him to think that he can light the higher professional leagues up offensively I just I think that's gonna cap his ceiling is offensive production I think if everything goes well and he has the right guys around him he can be a solid to okay second line center I think that's his kind of ceiling he's not first line center in my opinion, but I think he's got a really good chance of being like a very good third center with possible second center upside. Yeah. He's kind of like a better version of Owen Beck 
as a draft eligible. Yeah. Like he, he has that, that, that similar linear speed and acceleration, uh, very responsible, good in the face-off circle. Uh, he has a really good shot. Doesn't use it enough, which was the same case for Owen Beck last season. Uh, flashes some really interesting playmaking, really good off puck mover in the offensive zone. Um, he's really solid. And the only reason that he's in my mid twenties right now, rather than higher up is because it's a strong draft class. And uh, there are players that I think have higher likelihoods of being second liners and uh, players that I think have shots at being first liners that I just have higher because I, I, I like swinging on upside and uh, with, with Danielson, I, I just don't quite see that level of upside, but I can fully understand why others have him in their mid and even early teens, because he is very refined for a junior player and he's going to be an NHLer. And I wouldn't, I, I I'm honestly expecting him to become like a top 12 pick this season. I, I, I think it's quite likely that happens because he just fits that NHL mold of, of of center that goes pretty high. He's he's, he's a safe pick. Uh, he's not. He has that that second line upside as well, which I think uh, will definitely convince some teams uh, to have him high in their draft boards. But yeah, he, he he's a pretty solid player. Like as it goes with this type of player, he's one tier above Nathan Gaucher and one tier below Marco Casper. All very very safe yeah. players. They all have their own skills. Gauthier is much more powerful. Casper is a genius, and Danielson, solid. He's really, I'm, really. I'm trying solid. to think of like one word to describe him, but like, yeah, he's just he's solid. He's he's pretty good at everything, and he has he that line upside. But Nate Danielson is going to be a third line center in this league in like two years. Yes, he, he, it's a, it, it's he's going to be here pretty quick, uh, and. I like he makes a ton of sense for a team that that ends up with like a, a 10 to 15th overall pick but wants to be contending pretty soon. Uh he makes a ton of sense for them. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily the pick that I would make, but I could totally see it. And yeah, I could yeah, see he, if the Islanders good. just missed the playoffs or something. Any yeah. other like fringe teams that are gonna have that pick at like 14, 15, he's so close to the NHL already. Indeed. And I think along the same line, there is another centerman that is mocked a lot higher typically than, than Danielson in the draft. And that's Dalibor Dvorsky, who to me is a bit of a similar, like not, 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 not stylistically necessarily, uh, but in terms of that projection as a middle six center, who's going to be really solid, probably going to be here pretty quickly in the NHL. Um and yeah, so what are you guys' takeaways on on Dvorsky? I mean, one of our somebody on Twitter has him ranked third overall or second, second overall. I believe it's third. Okay, third. I I've watched like a decent bit. I think I've watched five or six games of his at this point. He's one of my more scouted players outside of my top ten because I have him ranked twenty third right now, and like. That's the range to me. That, like I, I can sixteen to twenty two, ish. Like he's he's six foot two or six foot one, six foot two. He's really solid. Like he yeah. he 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 has a really solid foundation, really strong lower body. Um, like he 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 plays a men's game in a men's yeah. league, and... and like there's there's a lot to like. Just I haven't been wowed at all, 
and the 22 players above him I've been wowed by. Like, it, it's really, I, I'm trying to weigh... The, the release, the, the shot. He has a, a tremendous shot. But that is one thing. The shot in this draft class. They do. His is one of the better combinations of power and accuracy and, and how quickly yeah. he can release it. Like, he does not need any space to get a shot off. And that, that, really that part like. is very impressive to me. And I, I can't even figure out what I don't like about his game. Like, the skating is not the best. Uh, I, I, I like, I, I like his mechanics. He's not, not the quickest. I would agree. Like yeah. the top speed is a, it's something that he has uh, to work on. Like, he's he's actually, he's really like a really strong foundation. I don't just, the way he thinks the game is a little bit behind a lot of the players in that range for me, because I have so many of those potential guys in that range. Like he lacks some pace. That, that, that to me is a big thing. Like he, he lacks the pace. He's really good defensively as well. Uh, like I, I have him above Danielson. I, I, I like his projection a little bit more. Um, the two players but, I have around him are Luca Pinelli and Oscar Fisker-Mulgaard. Yeah. Again, these are, these are all players that have that combination of, of, of second line offensive ceiling and, uh, and, and a strong defensive game and strong defensive habits. Uh, which is which is quite nice, but uh, yeah, like it's it's definitely um, an, an an interesting case with with Dvorsky because he's going to go in the top ten. I'd be, I'd be shocked if he didn't. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely a, a a bit of a bunt compared to the other players that are going to be available when he goes. Uh, but yeah, I I do like him, just not in the top ten or top three for for some people. Yeah, it's uh, skating for me. I I guess I think it's because so much of his power is lower body, but sometimes it looks like he's kind of trying to skate uphill a little bit, and it, it just gets him half a step or a step behind other p- players that I think that's where he's going to struggle on. But other than that, he's a pretty smart guy. I've only seen, I think, one game of his, so it's a very small pool but it's just that that half step is gonna hurt him i think yeah like, the most yeah. dangerous combo in this league is speedy skater with a beautiful quick release shot and the mechanics only go so far when you can't hit that top speed i i would disagree there i i i i I don't think that speed is the most important aspect of skating. I, I think as a whole, Dvorsky is a plus level skater. Um, but, but yeah, the, the speed needs to come a bit. It's just, it's just his game isn't one based on speed, right? Like he, he, he thinks the game well. Uh, I, again, he's, he's really solid. Like, like I, and I know I said saying solid with Danielson, but it's even more so with, 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 uh, with Dvorsky. Like, look, his floor is a Christian Dvorak. Like he's he's gonna be a a solid NHLer, the most average minimum. player in the league, Christian Dvorak. Yes, <laughs> yes, what, what what she is. Like I think Dvorak is the most average player in the league. Like I I forget he's on the Habs regularly, uh, which is not what you want when it's a guy that you paid a first and a second to get. But uh, <laughs> yeah, um, but I do think that that Dvorsky could be a really 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 good second line center and. That's something I value a lot. I, I, I still, I struggle with him just because I don't, 
I don't know offensively how much value he's going to have apart from being a shooter because his playmaking game is very raw and doesn't use it very often. He's a good enough passer, but it's just the playmaking habits that aren't quite there. But a, a, a different a different guy playing in Sweden that is interesting to me uh, for upside rather than safety is Otto Stenberg. Stenberg against junior competition probably wouldn't crack my top 60. Stenberg versus SHL competition likely cracked my top 20. He plays a game with tremendous pace and, and skill and playmaking ability that is so enticing. Uh, when he's on, when he's off, he glides around invisibly the entire game which is quite a big divergence between those, those two things. But uh, he, he's rocketed up my board since I've watched him against pro competition because it is also a thing, like, like I, I've been talking with other scouts about this, but especially for players playing in Sweden, like they've been in the system of their teams for like five, six, seven years. And they've been dominating against junior competition for years as well. And when they get a taste of pro hockey, it's so demoralizing to be sent back down uh, to play junior competition once again. And it, it is a bit of a different, I guess, mindset then with them compared to CHL players who are just in a junior league period. And they don't have that, that, that professional, I guess, opportunity just yet. Uh, whereas with guys like Stenberg, like he, he's, he's a tremendous skater, mechanically so sound, so adaptable, great crossover. It's really quick. He's an excellent scanner uh he rifles pucks to high danger areas um and i really like his playmaking game he's a great puck handler like the tools are maybe top 10 in the entire draft class like like they're really 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 good and for people that are really into fantasy hockey uh he's a guy that i can bank on like if you want to take a high risk swing on someone producing a ton of points in the future you could do a lot worse than Stenberg in that 20 to 30 range if you just want pure point production ceiling. And he's fun. I I, I quite like him. Uh, he can be really frustrating against junior competition. And that's something, something that we have to keep an eye on just because we know that, that there is this on-off switch with him in terms of how, I guess, implicated he is in, in the game. But... I, I, I do quite like Otto Stenberg. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys have watched any of them recently, but I I am a fan. I think my sample of him is maybe two games. And I watched one really early in the season that I really liked. And I had him ranked like 24th or something. And then it wasn't a question of him not doing the right things. I watched one other game, but it was just all of the other players that were doing. Yeah. More. So he fell. I... I have him right now. I'm pretty sure at 33 because like he was a cut during my last rankings and I'll, I'll definitely have to watch them. See what happens. Like he was at 32 or 31 in the rankings that I released in January. At this point, he is up to my early twenties and to be exact, he's at 21. Uh, he, he's really impressed me versus pro competition. And, uh, and and the best game I track or that, I, that I watched with him was against Orebro, which is a pretty pretty solid uh, SHL team. Uh, it's where Leo Carlson plays, and uh, yeah, it was it was a very impressive viewing. Um, and then I, I I I just glanced over some other SHL viewings to make sure it wasn't a, like 
an outlier and it wasn't. And uh, yeah, I, I, I was, I was impressed. And one other guy playing in Sweden that I wanted to highlight that I know you guys haven't even heard of uh, is Felix Ungersorum. Um, for people who like uh, Oscar Fisker Molgard, another guy with three names, um, Felix Ungersorum, who I believe is Norwegian. Going to have to double check that. He is. Oh, he's Swedish. Okay. I believe. Uh, Going to double check elite prospects, make sure that my, my Google sheet isn't wrong. I don't want to give him the wrong nationality no he is indeed swedish uh and he's playing he's played uh third uh, sorry uh, 18 uh, seven games he's on pace for 18 games in the, S- in the shl this season he's, he's only played seven so far but he he projects to me as a swiss army knife bottom six guy again not, not a guy i'm gonna draft in the top two rounds but in the later rounds of the draft he's looking really really good against shl competition he, he does not stand out poorly at all he's a really plus level defensive piece already in the shl which is something i value quite a bit because it's a very strong league and he's not the best skater which is definitely something that he he needs to work on however uh he has all the like a ton of professional habits he's also i believe uh he is yeah he's the youngest player in the entire draft class as well he's born september 14th it's the last day of the cutoff he is the youngest player in the class playing very, very good yeah. hockey in the SHL. Um, and, and yeah, I, I, I am a fan of that, I guess, style of player just, just because like, look, if he could turn into that, that high value tilts the ice in your favor, third line guy, and you can nab that in the third or fourth round, like that, that's a great get. And, um, and look, he, he lacks deception as a puck handler. He's not a great puck handler, um, but he plays with intensity and he's going to be, if, if, he, if he pans out, he's going to be a really, really, really fun, intense bottom six guy who can flash some interesting playmaking, uh, gets the dirty areas to get some dirty goals. Uh, I, I, I really do like him. He, He's at his best when he's in a really like strict system. So again, maybe not a Marty St. Louis uh, system type of player, but when he has a strict defensive system to follow, he will do it to a T. Like, like coaches are going to adore him because they're going to ask him to do something, and he's just going to go out and do that. And I I, I quite like him uh, as a guy. I have him I have him ranked in my my fifties right now, um, but. Uh, actually, no, sorry. He's 48. So he's, he's actually, uh, wow. Yeah. That's higher than I thought. Uh, but yeah, I, I do like him. And again, it's, it's, it's a bet on youth and he's playing in a professional league at 17 as a true 17 year old. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I do quite like him. And, uh, the, the last guy I'm going to mention, uh, and, and Aaron, you can lead off on him is Oliver Bonk as a, as an OHL defenseman. I, I know you've watched a bit of him as well. Um, Look with with Bonk, apart from the just wonderful name, great name, yes, beautiful son of Radic, obviously, beautiful name. Like they did a great job naming him, but <laughs> he's come a really long way this season from a guy that I didn't really think would make the NHL because the first thing I do at the beginning of the season is I go through all the cool names and I watch them first, and of course, I somehow miss David Jesus, but that's that's a different story. But with him, there's pretty good hockey IQ. 
the tools are pretty good. He's a little underwhelming skating-wise. The shot could definitely be better. There's no elite skill, but he does everything pretty well. And, like, if you can find somebody that does everything pretty well, you have a player. Yeah, I I, I see his skating as a pretty big hurdle still. Like, it, it has improved in, in the last few months, uh, like, for sure. Like, like the, the, the progression with Bonk is, is, a, is a really, really good one. And uh, and I, I know I was I was talking about this with with uh, Jolie, but um, who, who loves Bonk. Uh, and I'm not quite at that point yet. Uh, with him as a prospect, like even in my top 50, let alone first round. But yeah, the, 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 he has a very, very wide stance in his skating. Uh, doesn't have a very low center of gravity, which is something that concerns me a little bit. Uh, doesn't accelerate very quickly. His edges are decent. Like when he picks up speed with crossovers, his, his edge works pretty solid. And and he can weave around, I guess, passive four checkers. But his passing game's an issue to me. I I I I I don't I see that as below average. Uh, which, again, I I think he best projects as a defensive defenseman who doesn't bring too much value in transition or or offensively. That that that's just like how I feel comfortable projecting him. Uh, I know he's being used as like a a a, a two way guy for London who's used in all situations. I just don't really see him as an offensive driver. He, he he lacks the habits and the reads to really find high-end plays to make. He's a good shot, I guess, but most most big defensemen have hard shots as well. Uh, so it's not exactly a standout skill. And one one seventy six, smaller than I thought actually. He, he plays a bigger game, like yeah. like, and, and he plays like, like he keeps a really tight gap. Um, his backward skating is an issue. Like, like, like fast skilled attackers can really get by him and, and beat him to the outside quite easily uh, when they realize that they can. Uh, but he keeps a tight gap. He plays tenacious defense. He will cross check the hell out of people in, in the slot uh, during sustained defensive zone possessions. But yeah, he, he, he's an interesting guy because, again, he has come a fair amount in, this season. And, and, and those progression curves are always things to keep in mind. But as a whole, uh, maybe a guy I, I'd, I'd think about in the third round, but before then I wouldn't really consider uh, personally just yet. Again, he, he is going up my board slowly but surely. So maybe I, I'll say a different tune in a few months' time or by the draft. But as of right now, whenever I watch London, and the player that blows me away, the, 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 the two players that blow me away are Isaiah George and Denver Barkey, not Logan Mayu or Oliver Bonk. And... And that that that's been a consistent thing this season, where it's like, oh, I'm watching Oliver Bonk. Oh my God, Isaiah George is awesome. Like like George is one of the best skaters uh, in the that. OHL. So smart, uh, so physical, overwhelmingly no, we, great we defensively. We like I, I I we did. I know him and and Frank Nazer. Um, but. <laughs> but yeah, I, Isaiah George is a ton of fun, and I, I really do like him a ton. But but with Bonk, I still have some questions on just the upside. Like I think I think you can make a, a relatively safe projection of like he can be a defensive number six defenseman. Like he'll play in NHL games. He'll probably yeah exactly like like he has a family lineage that'll help out. He's 
playing really big minutes in junior that, that that's going to help out right like there, there's always a selection bias with like which players actually even get that opportunity to make the nhl uh yeah. it's not necessarily always the best players that get those opportunities right like just look at like matthew phillips or or your boy alex barre um but so good <laughs> really I'm quick. Sitting, like i'm sitting right next to his literal general manager is he not seeing what i'm seeing at is he not seeing a guy that played like 27 minutes as a forward? Yeah. Just skating around, zipping around everybody, making every perfect play. And he's a guy you're keeping in Syracuse, New York. I'm sorry. Yes. My little rat. Yep. But but Denver Barkey has been playing really good hockey recently, uh, uh, for for London as well. So he he's he's one of my favorite OHL guys this season in the draft. Um, just so like like so tenacious really flashing a lot more skill in the past few months and has actually like dominated a game or two that i've watched um including a game that still hasn't been uploaded to instat that i want to rewatch because i watch it live and i want to see if my if my analysis carries over to the video but yeah he, he denver bark is a ton of fun uh he's he's still inside my first round um and yeah, and I think I think on that note we're going to conclude this episode of the podcast. I think we we got to a fair amount of players that we kind of want to talk about, uh, not not necessarily because they were connected in any way, but just because they're interesting to to, to chat right. about. And the transition from uh, Boot to Simashev was outstanding. Yes, I was proud of that one. I was like, because I, I was looking at the names that I had written down, and I was like. How tall is Simishev? And I checked and he was 6'4". And I was like, oh, that's good. Uh, thank you for noticing. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, on that note, we're going to conclude this episode. So thanks so much to Jock and Aaron for joining me as per usual. And we will see you again very, very soon. You're listening to Puck and Roll. What's going on, mama? Something just dawned on me. I ain't been home in some months. Been chasing songs and women, making some bad decisions. God knows I'm drinking too much. Yeah, I know you've been worrying about me. You've been losing sleep since 93.